It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you for joining me this morning. Sadly, this week we had the longest daylight day of the year. Uh, a couple days ago, and and uh, now we. <laughs> I've always wondered why the official start of summer is on the longest day of the year. Um, but anyway, lots of summer ahead of us. Uh, I hope you had a chance, as I did, to watch the sunset on the longest day of the year, eight twenty nine p.m. to be precise, where I was standing. But anyway, this morning, <clears throat> I want to talk about new conflicts in the outdoors. And this is almost, in a way, it's, a, it's almost a post-COVID show that how much things have changed in the past couple of years as we have rediscovered, or for many people, for the first time, discovered the great outdoors. What has occurred, as many of us are aware, is that COVID sent people to our national parks, to our state parks, to our forests, to our public lands, in, in absolutely record numbers. Uh, once, of course, we were allowed to go outside, we went in record numbers. Um, and let's not go back and revisit the restrictions we had. But record numbers of people went outdoors in the post-COVID era. And while hunting and fishing licenses last year declined and, and went back to more of a 2019 level, it does not appear outdoor recreation has declined, whether that's hiking, biking, just being outdoors, going to your local park, your forest preserve, wherever it might be, use is way, way up. Uh, Some cases, it's up over 50% of where it was in 2019. And this is causing, well, all kinds of stress points um, on, on outdoor recreation across America. And so what I want to talk about this morning is, is really what I'll call the new era of conflicts that is occurring as a result of so many people, thank goodness, going outdoors. One of them is it's occurring. I'm going to start off with with the issue of access, um, and that is technology, which was driving a lot of this before COVID, but really seems to have taken it to another level, is access to public lands uh, is is becoming increasingly contentious when it involves crossing private lands to get to public lands or trying to stay on public lands to access larger stretches of public land that, that have very narrow corridors. And Wisconsin is one of the, the real center points for this. And those of you listening to the show this morning in Wisconsin will probably nod your heads if you're if you are a private landowner and you will also nod your heads if you're a member of the public at large is trying to access remote areas that are largely landlocked by private lands wisconsin's law says that if a culvert if a road crosses a stream and a culvert is in that under that road you can pull off the side of the road and you can use the right-of-way of the road, and you can get in the little stream, and you can walk upstream or downstream so long as you never leave 
um, the stream bed. And this, ha- and with Onyx, and, and which has become the dominant tool now for interesting how um, single companies emerge as the, as the place where people go to get information. Onyx now is just leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the world with apps. So the Onyx app, if you pull it up and get the app, it'll, it'll show you private and public land holdings um, around America. And these are taken from records at courthouses, and they're pretty accurate. They're not 100% accurate, but they're pretty accurate. And it tells you virtually within a few feet of where you are. It's, a, it's an absolutely fabulous app for, uh, for hunting and accessing or fishing. In this case, I'm talking more about fishing, uh, accessing public lands um, through private property. But that naturally um, <clears throat> is causing real conflict. Uh, a private landowner has been there for a long time, and suddenly an Onyx map says that there's actually a public right-of-way through a tiny stream through his property in Wisconsin or her property in Wisconsin, and that leads to a lake that maybe that landowner thought was their own lake or a lake that was harder to access. And the next thing you know, with with float tubes and things like that, um, people are, and I more power to them because they're, they're being ingenious, but they, uh, lots of individuals are packing in in backpacks, little float tubes, and then when they get to the lake they want to fish, they pump up the float tube and, and out they go. And, and, and lots of landowners are, are suddenly shocked to find that uh, the private lake that they had is not private anymore or that the stream they were in um, is, is no longer their own stream. So Onyx and technology is really changing how public lands are accessed across America. And in Illinois, we have an interesting twist. Uh, The river bottoms in Illinois are privately owned. The surface of the river is not. Now we're finding situations, and again, it's a double-edged sword. It's all a result of technology, but it's also a result of, of individuals making an effort to go the extra mile, if you will, to, to access quality hunting or fishing. And individuals are bringing kayaks and canoes into areas where they hadn't before. Uh, in the case of hunting, if, if you, you're trespassing, if you put a decoy on the bottom of the ground, if you, put a, if you put a decoy in the water and that anchor hits the bottom, you're trespassing. But if you just float through in a canoe or a kayak, you're not trespassing at all, and you're welcome to, to hunt. And so there are also in Illinois levees that have been put across public waterways, which uh, mean that the public is being improperly impeded from being able to go down a navigable waterway. It doesn't even have to be a navigable waterway. If you can get into a stream, even if it was never navigable in Illinois, and you're able to stay afloat, then that is your right. So in the Illinois River Bottoms, where there are miles and miles of levees that now impede the what would have been the natural flow, <clears throat> uh, people who are hunting and fishing are saying, well, you, you have done this illegally. You can't stop me from coming through uh, because the levee uh, was put across a, a public, uh, while it may be on public private ground, it was put across an area that had public water. All kinds of conflicts are coming that we, we never thought of, and it's be, 
largely because of technology giving people the information to know where they are within a few feet. Uh, out west, the new conflict is 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 a little bit different. It, public land conflicts are huge because you have you have literally tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of acres of public land that's locked up behind private land gates or locked inaccessible because the private land tend to be along the roads or the more fertile area and the public land tends to be away from the road. But in the West, what's happening now is hiking has become increasingly popular, particularly in, in, in Utah and Idaho areas where they don't have grizzly bears. Montana is a little bit of a different story, but hikers are running into sheep herders. Sheep herders have dogs. Sheep herders have very aggressive dogs. And so in a lot of areas of the West now where hiking is, is popular, uh, individuals, and this is really a post-COVID occurrence, uh, individuals are running into to, to bands of sheep with sheep herders, and they are uh, being met by unfriendly dogs, and, and we, have an all, we have a whole new human animal conflict, and they come back in and they write letters to the Bureau of Land Management saying, why are there sheep, you know, harassing my hiking trail? And yet the sheep herders have been there for 150 years. Um, so these these conflicts that are occurring are have, have just sort of been put on steroids, if you will, as a result of as a result of COVID. And uh, it's not going to it's not going to get any easier. Um, also, as a result of so many people now going afield, states are passing within states or trying to pass laws as to whether or not you can hunt or fish if you aren't from that county. Even if you're from that state, Montana uh, floated a bill this spring that said if you aren't from the three counties in eastern Montana, you would have to go into a draw system to be able to come and hunt pheasants in those three eastern counties, even if you were a Montana resident. That would be like the state of Illinois saying, um, if you are not from the most southern four counties area of, of Illinois, if you want to come here and and go hunting or fishing, uh, you're going to go into a lottery because you're not from these counties. The bill did not pass in Montana, but it's just another example of this whole movement towards people being upset at the number of people who are coming into their area to use natural resources. So it's not going to go away. In fact, I, I think it's going to get a whole lot worse as technology gets better. And, and as we become ever more mobile, uh, these conflicts are, are only going to get worse. I'll be back in just a moment. When I do, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that occurred with bird feeders, which is, which is really, to me, very interesting. And also it appears to be a population surge of squirrels. You are listening to Charlie Potter and the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. First, a message from our very longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. Hiking, camping, and hunting, it's all an adventure in the great outdoors, but nature can be tough. You need to be ready for anything and everything. Chevy Silverado is built to handle the toughest conditions and get you everywhere you want to go worry-free. 
Silverado's designed to handle the big jobs. It's built for the great outdoors. With over 13,000 pounds of towing capacity and trailering sway control, Silverado can haul the biggest loads on the roughest roads and keep you cool as a Sunday drive. With eight available cameras and up to 14 different views, it can spot trouble before it gets to you. That's peace of mind. And when you're ready for the backcountry, Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 owns the off-road. You name it, we run over it. No wonder it's Motor Trend's 2023 four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and check out a Chevy Silverado. It's freedom to explore the great outdoors. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Squirrels. Squirrels are experiencing a population explosion. It's noticed not only in Illinois and Wisconsin and Iowa, but it's occurring across much of the country, and nobody can figure out why. Uh, Squirrels like... Other and they're not a rodent; they're an animal. But squirrels, like other animals and rodents of their of that ilk, experience boom and bust population cycles. For whatever reason, the squirrel population, whether you are in Eastern Washington or you're in Illinois or you're in Mississippi, the squirrel population this year seems to be up enormously, and. And that is anecdotal, of course, because we don't do population surveys of squirrels. And if, and if somebody tells you they do, well, and I'm sure the Department of Natural Resources in Illinois, I'll get a call after the show saying we do survey squirrels. Well, my comment on that would be they survey squirrels a little bit tongue-in-cheek if they do. It's pretty hard to, to count squirrels. But roadsides would tell you the squirrel population is way up, unfortunately, because of roadkill of squirrels, but if you're out in the woods at all, you will just notice that there, there are more squirrels. And I've had friends from around the country sort of spontaneously just talking about this, and nobody seems to know why. Squirrel hunting is it used to be extremely popular in America. It, it, it is not so any longer. Squirrel hunting is, a uh, frankly, one of the sports that in the hunting form that is continuing to be in decline, much like rabbit hunting, all form, forms of small game hunting in America uh, have been declining for a long time. And yet it was small game that drove up uh, hunter numbers for so long as we didn't have much big game. Certainly deer and elk were, until the last quarter century or longer, not exactly abundant, very restrictive on, on seasons. In fact, seasons were closed for many years on deer and elk in, in lots of areas of the United States. So small game was, if you wanted to hunt, small game was the game, and rabbits and squirrels were among the most popular hunted species. This population explosion has nothing to do, I, I would suspect, with, with a lack of hunters. It has something to do with maybe mast, forest mast in the trees, uh, food source, they, when animals find great food sources, they, uh, they tend to pr- reproduce more young. Uh, but anyway, for whatever it's worth, this is the year of the squirrel. Who would have thought? Uh, at least anecdotally, it's the year of the squirrel. Uh, it's also perhaps tied to squirrels in backyard, I'll call it backyards wilderness, 
in the remaining couple minutes we have on the show, uh, bird feeders. We think of bird feeders in the in the winter. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick little story about a bird feeder uh, in my backyard. Uh, it's always had bird seed in it in the winter, not in the summer. But a couple weeks ago, I decided, well, why not put some bird feed in the summer? I was sitting outside, and that bird feeder hadn't had a stitch of, of, of uh, seed in it for three months. I went into the garage. I put some bird feed in it. Hung the bird, put some bird seed in it, hung the feeder up on the tree, went back into the garage, came back outside. I hadn't been gone six minutes, and there was already a bird at the bird feeder. I couldn't believe it. This is how fast things respond. And within a couple hours while I was sitting in a chair reading, I'm not exaggerating, over 100 birds, and I hadn't seen 100 birds in my backyard in a month. Over 100 birds came and found that bird feeder. And today, it is just nonstop traffic of birds, of all small bird species, from cardinals all the way down to chickadees, to finches. They're all coming to this bird feeder. And it made me realize that, you know, we think of feeding birds in the winter, but they probably like to be fed in the summer as well. But the, the fact that they found it so quickly, I mean, within minutes of that bird feeder going up, there was a bird on it, and that bird brought another bird, and the next thing you know, birds from all over the area are coming to this bird feeder throughout the day. It's a great sight to watch, and for all of you with backyards or maybe even porches if you're in the city of Chicago um, listening or wherever you might be listening, watching birds is, is so much fun. And a bird feeder is a way to not only enable birds to have something to eat, they don't only need to eat when times are tough, also in the luscious summer, bird feeders uh, can attract birds, and it's fun to watch. So next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about ravens, the smartest bird perhaps on earth, and I'm going to talk about birds of prey and, and what's happening with the things they eat. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, next week, we'll be headed into the 4th of July weekend. Gosh, hard to believe that's already here. Thank you for listening to The Great Outdoors Show. I hope you have a wonderful week in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WG.